Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Chicago-based improviser, composer, and producer, Paul G. Lorenzo. Originally from Long Island, New York, Paul is now a staple of the Chicago world with a diverse range of context and improvised avant jazz, experimental, and electro-acoustic music, performing regularly locally and throughout North America and Europe. We talked to him about the recent passing of the Chicago sax titan, Mars Williams. He recounted a host of memories and the legacy that Mars leaves behind along with much more. Dig this interview and retrospective. Hey, good. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I remember Mars pretty well from the interview, which, you know, sometimes these interviews blur together, but it seemed like it was a lot longer ago than it was, and it was only in 21. So I was quite surprised. And I think, unfortunately, in this position of spinning records with jazz musicians and talking to them, you you kind of they pull on your heartstrings and Mars was definitely one of those cats. So I yeah. so I'm sorry to hear that he left and you know I want to celebrate the memory and legacy and I think that's best exuded through the musicians that knew him. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for taking a minute out. And are you originally from Long Island? I am actually. Yep. Yeah. My my dad my dad was born in Brooklyn and raised in Babylon, Massapequa. Nice, yeah. We, my family's from the Bronx, and and Harlem, and then we moved out to Long Island in, when I was like five in Rockville Center, kind of this um, small town, like just on the southwest um, part of the island. But yeah, I was it was a nice place to grow up for sure. Yeah, there were a lot of good memories up there. But uh, but at any rate, I kind of want to dive into Mars and just kind of what was the beginning of meeting him and your working relationship with him. Yeah, he was, so I was sort of, I from Long Island, I came out to Chicago in the late 90s uh, for school and kind of got my start there. And he was sort of like this mythical figure that you kind of heard about, but he wasn't, at least from my vantage point, he wasn't really around that much for a period of time. And then kind of in the the first decade of, of the, new, the new century, the early aughts, mid-aughts, he sort of was just around and was playing and it was it was just kind of cool to see to see him and to, to hear him and after having heard about him a lot. And he was also friends with a lot of the guys that I was, older guys that I was sort of friends with and hanging around with. He was very approachable, really friendly, very encouraging. And he made it seem like he was down to, to do stuff. So I, I asked him to, to join my, my group at the time. We had, I had an earlier version of that group uh, called Gitgo. It was a five-piece group. And I was sort of re- rejuggling the lineup and he was just a great fit for that and it was pretty exciting for him to be interested in doing it and we did some gigs and it worked out we did some like free improv gigs and we did some you know playing those tunes and he was great just really encouraging and and friendly and just sounded amazing and was just like really fun to work with and made it easy made it made it sort of not full of fear or uncomfortability to try to work something out with someone who's much more experienced than you and like very approachable. I think that's the word we did um, a couple of albums together with that group, a couple of tours, which were pretty memorable and kind of shoestrung, but he, he kind of like, you know, he was down to do it. He was like, you know, these are like small little, little clubs and not a lot of money and a lot of driving. And he was just like really positive and, you know, told a lot of great stories along the way. I think the thing that I realized talking to him and that I've kind of realized over time is that he was kind of this mythical being and it really kind of adds to 
the, the allure of a town like Chicago, because there's so many people that have been almost larger than life and mythical that have come from there. So I guess my question is, you know, what kind of hole is this going to leave with him being gone? How How is this being felt that Mars has proverbially left the room? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say on one hand, but then on the other hand, it's it's already being felt and it's pretty clear that he was kind of like a patriarch of the scene. Um, but he, he was so prolific and he was, he's been working with like a lot of younger folks, like younger than me, um, the last like five years or so. And I think, you know, they're also had just kind of gotten to know him. And I think, you know, he's definitely leaving, left his mark and he's definitely, you know, his absence is strong. And I think we're just kind of, or for me, at least, I'm just kind of starting to to feel it and to sort of put it together as like, oh, yeah, he's gone, you know. It's hard, it's hard to say what, how it feels, but I, I think he's he left a lot of not just great music, but great stories and just a great attitude on life and sort of very inspiring, kind of just strong, strong-willed, strong-minded, um, but totally open. And he was he was here for it all and, and here for for the music, he was here for us, like the, the people that kind of, you know, he worked with later in his career who were looking up to him. And he was just, every night, he was he was just giving it his all. And I think it's going to be felt. I, I was at a sort of a small memorial for him recently. And there's just a lot of folks there who he's worked with, who are friends, mostly musicians. And I really felt that it was a special sort of community that that sort of gathered around his passing and and that it kind of spoke to his importance just getting used to it you know well and you know you're a veteran musician you've been around for the while for a while what what did you learn from him what was what were some things that were new that you learned from him and, and just kind of overall what did you get from him not only as a musician but as just a human being well yeah musically it's, it's kind of hard to put into words um other than to sort of this idea of giving it your all, being open, having energy, not thinking that anything is sort of beneath you or not important, even if there's a small crowd. Yeah, and I, I think sort of a, a humility that he kind of approached the world with. Because, you know, he had lots of um, accolades and, you know, Grammy nominations, and he played with a lot of amazing and sort of legendary musicians. But you, you wouldn't have known that if you had just sort of met him. So he had this really approachable humility and he was just really into the music and he just wanted it to sound good. He wanted it to feel good. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't trying to do anything other than just have it be cool and have it sound good and have it feel good and sort of be in communion with the people that he was making music with at the time. In terms of like life lessons, I would just, you know, sort of just commitment, sort of the whole aspect of the music and and life is sort of connected and you kind of just have to give yourself to it completely. And even when it's not super rewarding in the, in the moment or, you know, when there's tough times or when, yeah, maybe when things are slow, but just kind of never giving up and also never giving up on yourself. I think um, his commitment to sobriety I think that was like the last 15 years, maybe maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter, but he was definitely, you know, by being and maintaining sobriety, it was sort of a religious 
attitude he had with that. And that was really inspiring to see that. Yeah, just to kind of follow that example. I mean, not necessarily for myself, but just in terms of the dedication and the commitment to, to a vision and to sort of like taking care of yourself and, and trying to survive to play music. That's kind of what it felt like. Well said, Paul. This is great, man. I really appreciate you kind of opening up about Mars. Thank you very much for taking a minute out. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I look forward to look forward to spending more of your music on the program. For sure. You too. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Chicago, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Paul for opening up the Mars Vault and for taking a minute out. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.